Shift workers make so many mistakes with their approaches to shift work, but it is not your fault. You simply have not been educated. At 55 and after 35 years of 24-7 shift work, I returned to study nutrition and health and well-being around shift work to close this gap. I want to reach and educate as many shift workers as I can on evidence-based strategies to not just survive, but thrive while doing shift work. In this episode, I will address a few of the ways that I see shift workers self-sabotaging. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to A Healthy Shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, Certified Nutritionist, Veteran Law Enforcement Officer and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. And welcome to today's episode of the show. Now today, I'm discussing how shift workers self-sabotage through lack of knowledge. Firstly, I want to be very clear, it is absolutely not your fault. And I know this because through my 38 years of shift work, I was never once educated on how to go about night shift, shift work, afternoon shift, day shift, when should you sleep, what should I eat, how should I eat, what should I do. It was always so difficult. Now, my mistakes, I've made plenty over my journey, and I've learned from a lot of those mistakes myself. So, Don't think I'm sitting here from a position of authority, having not done it, and I don't know what we're talking about, because I can assure you that 38 years has taught me plenty around shift work and a shift working environment. Keep in mind also that I also have a partner that works in a shift working environment. I've got a daughter that works in a shift working, uh, is a shift worker. I've got a son-in-law that's a shift worker, and my son's a shift worker as well. So we're around shift work all of us, all the time. And I've made all the mistakes. The pastor overnight, sleeping just whenever, not prioritizing sleep, being angry, frustrated with myself, with the the kids. I've been overtired. I've been up all day and then I've gone to work and worked all night. You know, and I've been around shift working environments, watching people literally ballooning, just gaining weight and not being sure as to why this happens or what it happens. We always put it down to, oh, they do shift work. Oh, we're on shift work. And we make this excuse all the time. So I went to do something about it. I became frustrated and desperate to help. And I really want to make a difference. So I returned to study at 55 to learn evidence-based strategies around nutrition and in particular, chrononutrition. Now, chrononutrition is the science around meal timing, and to combine that with now what is 38 years of 24-7 shift working experience, I totally get it. So what areas do I see shift workers self-sabotaging that they can literally improve in? So let's just go through just a few of them. I won't bore you with great detail today, because there'll be podcasts 
that I've done podcasts in the future, but I just want to dot point a few of the ones today to go through for you as a reminder or for you to just make a few notes around it. And number one is not prioritizing sleep. You knew it. You knew that sleep was always going to be my first one. But I can tell you now, when you finish night shift or you finish afternoon shift, that's not the time to go home and put a load of washing on and fold the washing or do the ironing or to sit around and watch TV or whatever. Now, I always use the analogy of this. When it comes to sleep, if you're not sleeping, ask yourself this question. Would I set an alarm to get up at 5am on a day off to do what I'm doing now? Because if the answer is, Rog, go and get stuffed, there's no way am I setting an alarm to get up and do this at 5am, put it down, turn it off, put it away, do whatever, and get yourself to bed and prioritise that sleep. Because that's the rule. If you wouldn't set an alarm at 5am to get up and do it, don't do it now. Okay, back down off the soapbox. The other thing is too, one of the biggest reasons or the way that I see shift workers self-sabotaging is on their way home from night shift thinking that they're all high and almighty by stopping off at the gym and doing a gym workout or going and doing an F45 or, or a HIT class or something like that. This is not clever. This is not big bro. This is stupid. What you need to do is you need to finish your night shift and you need to go home and prioritize sleep and go straight to bed. That is a priority. I've covered that in podcasts before. I just wanted to revisit that again. You must prioritize your sleep. And if we have a solid sleep hygiene or a sleep routine, we can actually start this cycle of how we go to sleep Every single time we have to go to sleep, whether it be a day shift or an afternoon shift or after night shift, we can start that hygiene, that sleep hygiene. Now, the next way that I see, and this is without doubt the biggest way I see shift workers, particularly night shift workers, really self-sabotaging themselves. And this is eating between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m., now, I've discussed this numerous ways, but if, you've, if you're new to me, I'm going to be very clear with you that research shows that we should not eat between midnight and 6am, unless we absolutely need to. But sitting there and devouring chips and chocolate and biscuits and cakes and eating confectionery is the worst possible thing that you can do, particularly if you are sedentary. If you're a sedentary shift worker, whether you're on radio dispatch or sitting in a car driving around, a cab driver or an Uber driver or you know, you're, you're on, a, on a plane sitting around, whatever you're doing, if you're eating between midnight and 6am, then you are actually causing yourself massive grief. Our system has gone to sleep. Even though we're awake, our system is resting and sleeping. And what we need to do is we need to give it a break. So what we need to do is not eat. Now, I'm not telling you to fast at the cost of coming home and overeating when you get home. This is not intelligent at all. If you need to eat something, by all means, have yourself something like a highly blitzed soup or have yourself 
around about 3, 4 a.m. Have yourself a, a, a good Greek yogurt with a protein powder in it with a few berries or a, a, a Yopro yogurt or something along those lines. Really important that you put something in, particularly, guys, I know that around that 5 a.m. when you're ready to chew your arm off because you're so hungry, make sure that you put something into your system before you get to that stage. And you've got that to look forward to so that you know that you can avoid the temptations. These highly processed foods that you're eating overnight that I just spoke about, the chips, the chocolate, the biscuits, cake and confectionery, I'm not demonising them, but at that time of night, they are causing you massive grief. So if you're someone who's sitting there with digestive issues, particularly you ladies with gas, bloating, or cramping or problems like that, have a look at what you're digesting and the struggle that your system is having while it's sleeping. So I'm just going to leave that one there. The next one is the caffeine consumption. Now, shift workers, we all, on night shift in particular, think it's really clever to drink caffeine and to skite about drinking caffeine overnight. Caffeine, I don't have caffeine after midnight if I'm on night shift. Because caffeine has a half-life of between four to six hours, depending on who the person is. Now, this means that whatever caffeine you've consumed, it is still floating around in your system four to six hours afterwards, half of whatever you've consumed. Now, if I give you an example of caffeine, if you have yourself a coffee and it's 120 milligrams, six hours later, there is still 60 milligrams of caffeine floating around in your system. Now, you might be clever and think, oh, no, I've got no problems at all. I can, I can go to bed. I can have an espresso, go to bed and go to sleep. And that may very well be true. And I have no problems with that. Yes, I do. The problem that I have with that is you're not getting the proper sleep that you need. You can't. You will go to sleep and then you'll complain because you keep waking up. And that's the caffeine activating in the brain. Remember, caffeine takes approximately 20 to 30 minutes to run through the large intestine and and be digested to reach the brain. So what you need to do is avoid that caffeine from four to six hours beforehand. The less caffeine that you have in your system, the more chance you've got of sleeping. The more chance you've got of sleeping, the less caffeine that you'll need. Fact. The other thing is as well, if we're fasting and we're putting caffeine in our system, we could actually be creating digestive issues there as well. Caffeine is a known adjutant for your digestive tract. So if you continually are putting caffeine into your system and you're complaining that you've got stomach cramps or digestive problems, it may very well be because of the caffeine. So keep that in mind as well. No caffeine after midnight. Hashtag guys, sorry, not sorry. It's it's so important. You will sleep better and then there will be less need for the caffeine. Now, the other thing that we need to work on in company with that is not managing our stress. Stress and managing our stress is vitally important. And I seem to be on a bit of a rant about this at the moment, and I have been over the last few weeks. But guys, I'm dealing with clients that are highly stressed. I'm dealing with people who are very stressed. I know that our frontline workers and health workers are really stressed. And what do we do about setting boundaries between work and home? We don't. We end up after hours on phone calls to colleagues, whinging and complaining about something that we have no control over at all. So the best thing to do 
is to manage that stress. Practice meditation, practice yoga, practice breathing exercises. Just practice breaking away from it. And if you find that you've got things or people who are really dragging you down into that, step away and give yourself a break from it because you will find that you will be so much better. Now, another way of managing stress is to practice gratitude. And I've spoken about that in podcasts as well. Just by jotting down, three things that you're grateful for at the end of every day before you rest your head on the pillow can literally make a massive difference to your stress level and then lying there and going through some breathing breathing exercises and getting yourself back into a parasympathetic state so that your body is ready for sleep and you will sleep and sleep well. So that's just a touch on stress. That's a whole podcast in itself. The next way that I see people really suffering is with fatigue. And the way that they can do, um, suffer from fatigue can, A, it can certainly be from lack of um, uh, hydration. It can actually be from lack of sleep. So fatigue is a symptom of lack of hydration and certainly lack of, um, of sleep. But vitamin D contributes massively to fatigue as well. Now, shift workers, night shift workers, you're not getting the vitamin D. It's really important, and I did a whole podcast on vitamin D in itself, but if your shadow is shorter than you are tall, then you are in a vitamin D window. That's the best way to look at it. So if you go outside and your shadow is shorter than you are tall, then you're in a vitamin D window. Expose your skin for 15 to 20 minutes unprotected to the sun and let your body do its natural thing of synthesizing vitamin D for you. Vitamin D is a massive mood booster. It's no secret that in the summer we are all up and about and feeling fantastic. That's because our vitamin D is top right up as well as the fact that we get to socialise with our barbecues and things like that. But vitamin D is a massive influence on that. Vitamin D is also incredibly important for so many functions in our body. And while I'm talking about supplementation with vitamin D, you should absolutely be supplementing vitamin D as a shift worker regardless. And I would highly recommend that shift workers were to supplement 2,000 IU international units of vitamin D every single day regardless. Your body is that clever that if you go outside in the sun and you don't need the vitamin D, it won't synthesize it. So you don't have to worry about that at all, all right? So you are perfectly safe. And in fact, you can take up to 10,000 IU a day, but don't, all right? 2,000 IU a day is more than enough. Unless you're pregnant, double that. Now, the most important thing here as well when I'm talking about a supplementation is to be supplementing with omega-3s, which is fish oil at the same time. Now, we need to be taking fish oil for our cardiovascular health. We here in Australia or in the Southern Hemisphere don't get enough oily fish that we need for our um, omega-3s. So make sure that you are taking a minimum of a 1,000 milligrams of fish oil every single day. Now, on uh, my website, I recommend uh, the Swiss Ulti Boost, which is the four times the strength, which is 1,800 milligrams of fish oil daily. 
that's an ideal amount to be taking every single day. So if you take that, this improves your cardiovascular health. It's also really important for your brain. And as a shift worker, it's got enormous impact. So vitamin D, as well as omega-3s, the fish oils, really, really important. Now, the next thing is dehydration. Now, I understand that people, particularly our frontline health and paramedics and uh, police, they have to wear a lot of equipment or PPE, and it's not always easy to be getting um, hydration in. But what we can do is for when we're outside of our shifts is to ensure that we are getting maximum amount of hydration into our system all the time. Now, we all start off really, really well at the beginning of the day or when we first wake up. But I would highly suggest that when you first wake up, make sure you put in 500 mils of water straight away. Remember, hydrate before you caffeinate. Really important because you haven't had any water for over eight hours while you've been sleeping and you need to be putting the hydration straight in. Get your system hydrated and it runs properly and you don't feel fatigued. Now, it's important, carry a water bottle and you will drink from it. If you have to travel far for water, you won't do it. If it's not there within reach, you won't drink it. And ladies, I totally understand that it's not easy to de-kit. Not as easy as for males, but you can certainly make up for the water intake outside of when you're um, kitted up or when you're wearing PPE, etc, etc. Now, the last one that I just want to mention today as well is lounging around post-night shift. This is what a lot of shift workers do. Now, what you need to do is you need to get home you need uh, from your last night or night shift, and what you need to do is you need to get up. Set your alarm for 90 minutes, three hours, or four and a half hours. I did a whole podcast on how to go into or coming out on night shift. But the best thing is, have that sleep for, yeah, four and a half hours. I thought you'd choose that. So go with the four and a half hours, have that sleep, immediately jump out of bed, immediately pull the blinds open, get a coffee and go outside with it. Expose your eyes to those blue light, that blue light and get going. Plan to catch up with a friend. Commit yourself. Do something that you've got to get up, get out and get, a, get about because lounging around and not exposing yourself to that blue light and dozing causes circadian rhythm disruption. You are actually creating more confusion. Your body lives much happier in the outside during the day in that blue light than it does lounging around on the couch, smashing Doritos and watching Netflix. Have you ever noticed how hungry you are? The reason why you're hungry is because your ghrelin is raised. You are super tired, but if you get up, get out, you will suppress all of those hormones and get moving. It will distract you and give you the opportunity to actually get going and get yourself back into a normal circadian rhythm, biological day, biological night sequence. Now, that's all I'm going to touch on for this one here. We've gone on plenty long enough. The list is literally exhaustive, but those are a few that you can really have a massive impact with by just touching on those things. I know it's easy to say, and for you know the mums that have got kids and things like that, you need supporting partners if you're going to do it. You have to make a decision and you need to prioritise around those things in particular. So I'll just retouch. Sleep, 
not exercising post-night shift. You've got to prioritise your sleep. Eating between midnight and 6am. Don't complain to me about gas, digestive issues, bloating, cramps around night shift and around the luteal phase of a cycle because a lot of that can be caused by digestive digestion, particularly females with a compromised um, digestive tract. Caffeine consumption. Caffeine stays in your system as a half-life of four to six hours. No caffeine after midnight. Less caffeine you have, the less you're going to need. Trust me, that's a fact. Not managing your stress, putting boundaries between work and home, super important. Those out-of-hours phone calls with your colleagues, bringing the frustrations of work home, put a boundary in there. Supplementing with vitamin D and omega-3s, fish oil, really important. Focusing on your dehydration and post-night shift, getting your butt up and out and getting moving. So there you go. A bit longer than what I wanted it to be, but it's an essential podcast to run, um, strategy, uh, essential podcast. I, I really want to make sure that I can reach as many people as I can. Please, I beg you to share this amongst your colleagues, share it into your Facebook groups, share it everywhere. Get the word out and about. I'm here to reach as many shift workers as I can and educate them with simple strategies. I can't take the pain of shift working away, but by golly, I can certainly teach you how to thrive and not just survive. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com. I'll catch you on the next one.